This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ, iowacatholicradio.com, and everywhere you are on the free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Welcome in, everyone, to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. He's back. One of my favorite and, dare I say, most knowledgeable guests on the early church, I've had the honor of interviewing Mike Aquilina, author of over 40 books, many of which have inspired and helped me. And he's got another one, Apostles and Their Times, Archaeology, History, and Scripture, Unveil What Life Was Really Like During the Apostolic Age. Normally, I say a few more words. Instead, I'm going to let him do the talking. Here he is to talk about the early church and how it was Catholic. Mike Aquilina. Hello, Mike. Hey, John. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's good to have you on, man. And you know what? Nothing went wrong this time. (laughs) So far, so far. I'm not kidding. Every time Mike Aquilina comes on, there's something that happens. The board, something goes wrong. The connection loses. So we we got him now, folks. Hold tight, because this will be good. (laughs) Apostles and their times. I love it. What was it like living in the time of the apostles? Give us a layout. I don't know. I wasn't there. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. It's good. It's good. Uh, you know, I wasn't there, and, and, and nobody, nobody here on earth today was. But what we can do is we can, uh, we can give ourselves a little bit more exposure to the documents that are available from that time, uh, to, the, to the archaeology, and, and maybe we can even visit the spots. And, and I've had the privilege of doing those things. Um, what I wanted to overcome with this book is a lot of the misconceptions people have. Hmm. Uh, we get them from different different um, places, different sources. Uh, we watch movies about that period, and really what a lot of movies do is project our current times onto those former times. Hmm. And frankly, that's what some scholars do, too. And, and so what we have today is, uh, is a lot of false conceptions about give, the Give us one. The give us a oh, couple. Th- you know, for example, uh, you know that the uh, that the the first generation of the church was something very uh, informal and almost anarchic. That wow. it was just kind of chaotic. Uh, that there was no order to it. That it was just spontaneous, and uh, and and it looked a lot like a a, a wild revival meeting. Uh, but that's just not the case. What we see from the Acts of the Apostles and from other documents of that period is that there was an order to the church and that there was a sacramental quality to the church, that the church had a liturgy, that the church observed certain regulations, and that it was hierarchical, that there was a structure to authority in the church. And that's very clear from the Acts of the Apostles. As a matter of fact, it's very clear from the first day of the church's life at Pentecost. I almost feel like this book is like a mini-catechism, man. I mean, you, you answer some big questions right there from the early church. I mean, you're talking about tradition. You're talking about uh, who Peter was, the first pope. And you're, you're talking about the Trinity, right? And these are all things that the apostles were, I don't want to say trying to figure out. These are all things that the apostles were discussing and evangelizing. That's right. And, it, and, and it's what they received from Jesus. Jesus did not write a book. Right? He commissioned 12 people, and he ordained them, and he gave them authority and power to take that word out into the world. And they did, and they were faithful to the word they received. So for, you know, today we have, we're, we're, we have this unthinkable situation where 
where many people who profess to be Christians are, are saying they don't believe in the Trinity, or that it's an inessential thing. And yet that was the defining doctrine. It was the doctrine that got Jesus killed, that there was a plurality of persons in the Godhead. You know, this is the one that got Jesus killed, and it's the one that got the apostles in hot water with the Jerusalem authorities. So we have to take another hard look at that, at that first generation and the second generation and, and find the continuities there. What was the faith that they brought forward from the first generation to the second generation, and what do we have in common with it? When I read the witnesses from those generations, the generation of the apostles and the apostolic fathers, I see my own parish. Mm. I see it in the details. Sometimes we get hit hard as Catholics, uh, Scripture and, and tradition. Some people say, well, if it's not in the Bible, then it just didn't happen, or it's not something we should follow. This is a book that I think you merge Scripture and tradition perfectly and help us understand that both aren't separated both go hand in hand here well thank you you know i was intending to do that for for a number of reasons one is that we don't have scripture except by tradition mm -hmm. there were all these floating books out there in the early church and i discussed that in 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 this book uh that there were all these floating books out there and yet only certain books were permitted to be read in the liturgy you know the liturgy was the defining norm for what was scripture and what was not, what was just a wannabe or a claim to be, or, or a popular novel, a popular entertainment. So, so we, have, we have the scriptures because of tradition, and there was, there was no firm canon, no authoritative canon until the fourth century. But in those four centuries, there was a church, and it was identifiable by its hierarchical structure and its sacramental life. And that was the church that endured persecution. That was the church whose members went forward to receive martyrdom to be like Jesus Christ. They wanted to live like Christ. They wanted to die like Christ. And we should have the same desire burning in our guts. Uh, the church, or excuse me, Scripture speaks to us of maybe where the apostles were at the time of Pentecost. Uh, many of the apostles, of course, uh, fled during the time of the crucifixion. But where would the hierarchy of the church meet during this time? Was there a specific place, or was it just kind of everywhere? Well, you know, you look at that account of Pentecost, and at the time, the hierarchy is really behind locked doors, right. with the Blessed Virgin Mary in prayer. It's not a bad place to be. Nope. But it's not the place where they're going to need to be once the church is born with power. The Holy Spirit really is the key to, to, to the whole situation. You know, when our Lord, uh, our Lord died on the cross and he gave up his spirit, we're told. And then when he rises from the dead, what does he do? He breathes on the apostles, only the people in that locked room. He breathes on his apostles and he says, receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Mm. And he gives them sacramental power and authority in the church, right? That's what, what you hear with that, those sentences, sacramental power to forgive sins and authority to do so, authority to be judges. So they have the ability to go forward. What we find on Pentecost is that our Lord gives the Holy Spirit to the whole church, not just the apostles. What happens is the apostles receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. They go rushing out into the street. They preach. Who's preaching? Who's teaching? Who's healing? Who's baptizing on that day? Well, it's Peter. It's the apostles. It's not everybody. It's not 
and it's not a chaotic situation at all. Mm. It's an excited situation, but there's an order to it. There's a sacramental order, and there's a hierarchical order to the Church on the day it was born. And it's also Catholic, by the way, because there were people from every land gathered in Jerusalem for the feast day. Catholic means universal. We see the universal Church on the day of the Church's birth. Man, you are so Catholic. I love it. I, mean, I love being Catholic. You, you just bleed this stuff, man. I, and <laughs> what lit the fire in you to be able to help people see the early church and that it was Catholic? I don't know. I've always been a history buff, right? Well, and I've always been an archaeology buff. You yeah. know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be the one who went out and, and uh, put a spade into the ground and discovered one of the pyramids or something like that, you know? Because I, I used to read about archaeology, sure. read about these discoveries. But you know what? What I learned by, by reading archaeology is that every time the spade goes into the ground, it comes up Catholic. Mm. That what we learn from history, what we learn from archaeology, confirms what we believe as Roman Catholics. It confirms that there is continuity between our life today and the life of the first Christians. And not only that, the second generation of Christians, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, and every generation in between. Mike Aquilina is one of the few authors you can build a library around, and I mean that seriously. Uh, Scott Hahn's one of them, uh, Dr. Peter Kreeft, I think, is one of them, and I think you as well, Mike, is, is someone that if you want to just learn the faith, and your writing style is perfect and easy, accessible to be able to understand it from the beginner to the person that really wants to be challenged, I can't recommend it enough, friends, to our Iowa Catholic Radio listeners. I know uh, Divine Treasures carry several of his books. If they don't have any of those, Mike's books, they will order them for you. The Apostles in Their Times uh, is this book, Archaeology, History, and Scripture Unveil What Life Was Really Like During the Apostolic Age. Run to Divine Treasures and get this book, friends. Mike, it's just it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. I learned so much. Thanks for having me on. Please give my love to my friends at Divine Treasures and all my friends in Des Moines. Yes, we will. Mike Aquilina, everyone. What's your website, Mike? Fathersofthechurch.com. All right. God bless you, brother. Take care. So there you have it, friends. Again, there are few people more knowledgeable on the subject of the church fathers and the early church. And with that comes passion that is unmatched. Keep up the good work, Mike. And hey, you. Yeah, you. Check out his books. They'll have plenty in your local Catholic bookstore, and they're online everywhere. Friends, make sure to share this and other episodes of Your Catholic Life on Facebook and Twitter, inviting them to take part in the show. Visit YourCatholicLifePodcast.com as well. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm John Leonetti signing off here on Your Catholic Life. Remember, the only way to happiness is by holiness. Be confident in Christ's mercy and His love today.